Hey guys, I'm Tamara Melton. And I'm Deanna Bellany. We are the co-founders of Diversify Dietetics, a nonprofit community dedicated to increasing the racial and ethnic diversity in the field of nutrition and dietetics. Welcome to Feed Me the Facts. Hi guys, welcome to our first episode of Feed Me the Facts. I'm Tamara Melton, one of the co-founders of Diversify Dietetics. So if you've been following our nonprofit for a while, you may have remembered that we did a couple of Feed Me the Facts on Facebook Lives and Instagram Lives, but those weren't reaching enough of you in the audience. So we wanted to do it in a different format. Um, so that's this is why we have our first podcast episode here. Um, so Feed Me the Facts is going to be really focused on topics that are of interest to registered dietitian, nutritionist of color, or what we'd like to call RDs to be. So people who are students or interns or people who are thinking about going into the profession, not necessarily just going to be registered dietitians, but being in the dietetics profession overall. So we'll talk about topics really specific to the educational pathway to become a registered dietitian, but then also other topics related to just how to have a successful career um, with a nutrition degree and just in our dietetics profession overall. So I am flying solo today. It's just me. And then sometimes we'll have Deanna on as well, my co-founder, and then sometimes Deanna will be flying solo herself. So I'm really excited that you guys are here. We are so excited to get into some topics that we know are important to you. So today we have a very important topic and we're talking all about open houses. So we're right in the middle of open house season um, where you're looking at going into different dietetic internship programs and maybe even graduate programs to learn more about them in their open houses. So we wanted to kind of get the background view of what open houses are all about and how you can make them to be a successful event to help you to improve your chances of getting accepted to a dietetic internship and getting matched, because that's what it's all about. So today we have a very special guest and I'm excited to have her on. Her name is Hannah Thornton. And Hannah and I met when we first started Diversified Dietetics, our nonprofit, and we reached out to the dietetics community to look for educators. And we wanted educators who were already working in diversity work in their own houses, if you will, at their own institutions. And Hannah, reached out to us and the first time I talked to her on the phone, I knew that we clicked and that she was gonna be a great addition to our program. And Hannah actually was part of our educators who helped us with our educators workshop that we put on at FINCI, which is the Food Nutrition Conference and Expo in Washington, DC in October. And Hannah had a great talk um, that she gave some really great information about how to go beyond the foods course and have cultural humility related to um, having a curriculum that's more inclusive and that's just more appropriate for students of diverse backgrounds. So Hannah, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Thank you for inviting me. The work that you and Deanna are doing in diversified dietetics is so important and I'm just really impressed with um, how much y'all take on and how well you do it and um, yeah so I'm really honored uh, to be here and to be able to talk with um, you and and to um, open up the, 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 the door, <laughs> reveal, yeah. reveal what's inside the open house process. That's what we want to do. We want to get like the, the background on it. So, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your dietetics program so that folks will know kind of where your background is at, where you're working at, and how you know so much about open houses in the process? Yeah, sure thing. So um, I am a clinical assistant professor and the director of the dietetic internship at Texas State University. And we are a large university. We have about 38,000 people 
people in San Marcos, Texas, but we are a small DI. We have about um, 10 to 11 people that come through our DI. I am a second career uh, professional, and that means that's a very um, uh, fluffy way of saying that I took a long and windy road <laughs> to get to where I am right now, um, which I like to represent to students because I think so often we get stuck on this, if I don't do things exactly perfectly, it's not going to work out for me, and I am a, a um, so I uh, have a previous master's in biology. I spent some time uh, swamping around in the Everglades chasing alligators and rare orchids. <laughs> I took some time off to teach yoga and um, kind of spent some time in, the in my 20s trying to find myself and I landed, I uh, discovered really what I was most interested in was um, plants and I loved working with people and for me the intersection of plants and people is food and that's how I came to um, nutrition. I come from a family of educators, I mean back to my great grandparents and um, it's education's really in my blood. I, I um, fundamentally believe in it as a transformative process and um, that's what motivates me to be to be an educator. I really love working with students. Um, so, so that's me. Awesome. I never had thought about plants and <laughs> to be the intersection, but that makes sense. That is what food is. So, yeah. So. I mean, and maybe not so much if you're eating a steak, but the, yes. the cow had to eat the some plants, right? Somewhere plants, along the way. Right. So. Exactly. So very cool. So I did not know that about you. So that's interesting to hear that background. Yeah. Um, and can you tell us a little bit more about your dietetics program? Our program. Sure. I'm sorry. Yeah. I left that part out. So uh, like I said, we are um, a relatively small internship, 10 to 11 people each year. We have a DI that is a standalone, but also articulates with our master's program. So you can complete both our master's and our DI in about two years. We have a pediatric program concentration, so our interns get uh, experience in inpatient peds, outpatient peds, and then we have um, pediatric experiences woven throughout our community and our business management rotations. Um, we rotate, interns rotate anywhere from uh, North Austin to South San Antonio, which is about a 200-mile stretch of I-35. So the one downside of our internship is that it takes a lot of driving. Um, but the positive silver lining to that is that you, uh, it's a tr really tremendous networking opportunity. Um, the interns meet a ton of preceptors throughout Central Texas. And I think that's uh, part of what really supports our, our high job placement rate post-internship. Post Thank you. That's good to know and to hear some background about um, the type of, of programs because as we go along in these episodes on our podcast, we'll be uh, talking about a lot of different types of programs. So that's just one um, that's out there and a coordinate, uh, sorry, a coordinated program as far as a master's and the, um, your internship portion. So Hannah, let's talk a little bit about open houses. Um, yeah. We are right in the thick of what I call open house season. <laughs> this is a time where everybody's having them either virtually or on their campuses. So this is where we know students can, this is kind of the start of that, the whole application process for them. So yeah. just in case somebody doesn't know what an open house is and what happens there, can you kind of explain what, what those are for and what, what happens at those events? Yeah, so an open house is a really great opportunity for two things, for the student to get to know the program and for the um, program director to get to know the student. So um, uh, there are a couple of types of open houses floating around. Some people have virtual open houses online, um, but the, I think the predominant method is um, 
an on-campus open house and um, so the program throws open their doors and they host an event on campus in their building or their buildings. Um, I, usually they have the program director come and speak. They might have some preceptors come and speak if they're able to, some other faculty, uh, maybe some current interns and some alums and um, they, they put together a workshop essentially where they talk to interested students about um, their particular dietetic internship and then hopefully there's ample opportunity for the students to um, to ask questions uh, to get to experience the um, the place where they will be interning while they were will they were be uh, rotating um, and to also to um, meet the people or person who are going to be making admissions decisions so uh, with all of that going on with the open house these are not required events so why should a student attend an open house yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I, I think I, I want to say that's particularly an important point because um, not everybody has the resources to attend open houses, right? So um, if I'm looking at, if I live in Texas and I'm uh, looking at internships and there's an internship that's perfect. So, and let me actually just even stay in the state of Texas because Texas is big. Right. So I'm here <laughs> in the center of Texas and there's an internship that's perfect for me in, um, you know, the way far east Texas. Um, and that can be an eight hour drive, right? And uh, maybe I don't have the financial resources to fly and maybe I don't actually have the financial resources to drive. So um, it is okay to not attend open houses. I guess that's what I just want to throw out to begin with, right? Mm -hmm. You do not sink your chances if you don't attend open houses. Um, but if you do attend one, um, I think the reasons for it, there are two main reasons. One is to really get a feel for the program and to really kind of get a sense in your gut does this, is this right for me? Do I like these people? Are these people kind? <laughs> or are they not kind? Maybe that's the kind of environment you respond to, right? Is there an environment that's very, you know, um, rigid? Um, or, or um, you know, whatever that looks like, but just to get a sense of who the people are and is it the right fit for you? Um, and then also to learn more about the, uh, about the program, right? Um, so you get to ask um, specific questions about application process. You can ask specific questions about rotation sites. Um, uh, you can um, really get a feel for how many hours you'll spend in uh, the hospital versus how many hours you'll spend doing uh, rotation work outside of rotations, that kind of thing. Um, and, and then it also, if the open house, uh, if there's time for it, it gives the program, it gives you some face time with the program director, with those people, like I said earlier, that are going to be reviewing your applications. Um, so it can be a good opportunity for you to make an impression, a positive impression on the people that are going to admit you or not admit you. All good information. So um, that before the open house, is there anything that a student can do before they actually go to make a good impression. Yeah, that's um, um, a really important thing. I think it's kind of uh, analogous to a job interview in this regard. Right, the career services department will always tell you before you go and interview, you need to, or like a career fair, before you go and walk through that career fair, you need to research the organizations you're going to be interacting with. It's the same thing for an open house. Before you go to an open house, you should hop on that program's website and dig. You might have to dig deeply. We're not all really good about designing our web pages, um, so sometimes it's not that intuitive, right? But dig 
dig as deeply as you can to learn as much as you can about the program that can help you sometimes make that initial decision of is this actually a, a do I want to spend my resources going to this open house right um, but it also helps you prepare so that you are um, you can demonstrate to the program director that you are you do your background research you know that this is a good program for you um, you're not asking them simple questions that they know you can answer on the website, right? Um, I, that's the number one thing I would recommend is uh, just doing, doing your research about the program as much as you can before you get there. That is such a good point that you bring up that students don't know might work against them. Um, yeah. So I want to kind of highlight that, that if there is something already on the website of the, of the organization or that you're going to or the internship and you're asking questions, not necessarily that it'll work against you, but if you already know and you can refer back to things like, oh, I saw that you guys, you know, spend, you know, eight weeks in clinical or something like that. Yeah, exactly. I think that stands out for program directors. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yep. And that's, I love the way that you phrased that. Yep. Oh, I, I noticed when I read your website that right. you guys spend eight <laughs> weeks in clinicals. Can you tell me some of the hospitals that you rotate through, right? That exactly like you phrased it Dem is a way of demonstrating, hey, I know what I'm talking about. I did my research. I'm as invested, I'm invested enough in your program to actually know about the details of it. Right, exactly. And it makes you stand out um, because there's so many students who don't read what's already on there. And like you said, it does take time for these um, websites to be built and, and to be maintained. So they appreciate, um, faculty yeah. appreciates it when you read that. So as I'm sure you can attest to. Yeah, we, um, sometimes I, I laugh at myself because, um, you know, we are, humans are by nature a little bit prideful and program yeah. directors spend a lot of time building our programs and whether or not our website is intuitive, we have actually put thought into it, right? Yep. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it is a little bit of, um, of, of uh, you, you kind of massage somebody's ego when you reflect mm -hmm. back to them um, the words that they've, that they've put out there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm deciding I'm going to go to this open house. Should I bring like my business cards, resume, transcripts? What should a student bring, if anything at all? To open yeah, house? that is a great question. And I think you will probably get a different answer to this question um, for, from every internship director you, um, you talk to, which means that um, you should be prepared for everything. <laughs> so I would say yes to everything on that list, but um, not every internship director is going to um, accept it or be interested in it. Does that make sense? Um, mm -hmm. So like I think resume is a great thing to bring at a minimum. Um, you, can, uh, you can pass it off and that internship director may never look at it again, but just in that act of saying, um, can I give you my resume? You have demonstrated that you have a resume and that you understand the kind of um, basics of the professional interaction, right? Um, every college or university uh, is going to have some kind of career services office that will review resumes and I highly recommend that you go through that process before you put that resume in anybody else's hand. Get at least one person who is who, who looks at resumes on a regular basis, get at least one of those people to review your resume, to check for typos, to check for major, um, you know, major resume no-nos, like listing your hobbies or your dog's name or something like that, 
that, right? Um, just get somebody else's eyes on that resume before you pass it off. But I, I do think that bringing a resume is a good thing, even if it just contributes to that positive overall impression of you. Um, business cards are great if you've got them, but again, that's an expense. And I think um, they're not quite as useful as a, as a resume is. They're also, uh, in my experience, maybe not quite as um, uh, compulsory, right? You don't, you don't always see them as a part of this process um, like you do uh, resumes. And then transcripts are kind of a, um, that's a questionable one. I think if you have done your research and you know that um, the program has a particular prerequisite, but you're not sure if one of the courses you took qualifies as that, then you might bring your transcripts. But be aware when you're showing somebody your transcripts that you're exposing some personal things about yourself and you're, you may not also be able to control the story in that context, right? So, um, so I, I would say only if you absolutely need to for transcripts, but, but be prepared. Yeah, and oftentimes the way the structure works for um, programs, especially if it's housed within a university, is that the program director, if you're asking for, um, you know, it should, if you're going in for an internship, you're going to have a verification statement. So you're going to have something yeah. to say that you should be able to go in for a dietetic internship. But if you're asking for transfer credits, maybe for grad programs or something, a lot of times the program director won't know that information because that's taken care of in a different department. Yeah, that's a good point. And so, um, and just if there's a lot of people at open house, like you said, you might reveal something that you can't control the story around at that yep. point in time, because you don't have an essay to go with it and everything. Exactly. And it, so you just want to consider that. So I yep. love what you said there. That's, that's good. So we, so you talked about an interview. So thinking kind of on that interview, you know, plane that, that same idea, how should um, a student dress when they go to open house? Yeah. Um, business casual at a minimum. Um, I, it, again, similar to the, my last response, right. Um, dress is going to be, um, more important to some people than to others, but um, what you are doing is demonstrating um, to the program director or to the other people on the admissions committee that um, this is how I would present myself to my preceptors, right? And um, ultimately, they want somebody who's going to be professional in all of their internship interactions, and so you're, you're, you're demonstrating to them that you understand what it what that prof minimum professional behavior means. So I say business casual at a, at a minimum. I don't think it's the space where you absolutely need to wear a suit, but um, wearing a suit is not going to hurt you. So if you do have a suit, this is the time to bust it out. But if you don't have a suit, then uh, you don't necessarily need to go and, and spend a bunch of money to um, rent one or, or, or buy one, right? But I, I think certainly no jeans. Um, so um, yeah, so just avoid denim, uh, long pants or, um, or um, you know, knee length skirts, um, shoes that are nicer than sneakers, and then, uh, you know, a nice pressed or ironed button down or blouse. Um, if you've got a tie, wear a tie. Um, and then, you know, I always say jewelry and makeup um, conservative, right? Um, just because you never know um, what is going to, um, what's going to offend somebody. But then there again, best, back to the, the first point of you want to, you're kind of assessing if this is a fit for you. I, I do think it's okay to let your personality shine through, right? Because you, um, you don't want to wear so much of a costume that you're you're hiding yourself um, and um, yeah you you just want to make sure that you are in an environment where you can also be comfortable does that make sense 
yeah, I think that's important so that you don't want to, like you said, put on a costume and then let's say you, you come to a program and you seem to fit in there and, um, and then you get there and then you're accepted and then you realize this isn't a good fit for me, even for a short period of time. Um, right. That can trip up the student's educational pathway if they are just not having a good experience and not comfortable in their own program. So, you know, you definitely would want to let your personality shine through. Anyway. And I think all of that is possible with all of the, you know, kind of the guidelines that you gave of being a business casual of being, you know, you can always have pressed clothes. They don't have to be yeah. brand new and neat and everything yeah, exactly. like that. That you can always do that. We'll also make sure, because I know some people are not quite sure, what is business casual? So oh, I'll put a link in the show notes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, I've had students ask me that before, and I'm like, you know, that's actually a, a, a good thing to have, just kind of a visual of, of what does that mean, because that is yeah. a little bit tricky sometimes, figuring that out. So Yep. Um, and I would also, that. Um, so I would just, um, I didn't have a ton of resources when I went through college, so um, I, that's part of why I always like to throw in these references, but um our, like on Texas State campus, our career um, services office has what they call a career closet. And you can for a very small, it's actually free, but then you have to pay for dry cleaning. You can um, uh, borrow a career, interview appropriate clothes. Um, and I'm sure that's not a totally novel concept. So I guess I would encourage any folks who might be, um, uh, you know, struggling to come up with something that would meet a dress code to, um, to check in with their career services office to see if there's anything like that available to them. Yeah, definitely. And um, Goodwill is always a good place to go to. And yes, yes, um, exactly. To find something that is still really nice all the time, actually. I still yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, man, go to the nicer parts of whatever town you live in. Exactly. And go to the Goodwill in the nicer parts of town. Yes, exactly. <laughs> find that Goodwill. So, um, so yeah, my, it's funny. My students, whenever I, I teach that in one of my professional courses, there's always inevitably like two or three, like, oh, yeah, look what I have on. I've got this from Goodwill, girl. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a Goodwill in Austin that is known as the Gucci Goodwill. <laughs> like, go to the Gucci yeah. Goodwill and get your internship, exactly. open house attire, and, and you're good. And now we all have that. That's also a good idea too when you're um, in your first position because we know that you might just be coming out and you're kind of education poor, I call it. So you haven't started, yeah. you know, really making good funds. And if you're not in the scrubs type attire, um, that's some place you can go to kind of get that first wardrobe. I love that career closet though. So um, yeah. career services, those are excellent resources on pretty much all campuses um, around the country. Career services can help you with your resumes and things like uh, what you're just mentioning, Hannah. So that's, that's good to know. I, I really like that you, you um, pointed out that an internship is also, not only is it for the, the program to see if the student is a good fit, but it's also a time when the student should be looking to see um, if that, that internship is a good fit for him or her um, when they're yeah. going there. And so I want to talk a little bit more about that. You know, our audience are, you know, underrepresented minority students, so students of color, yeah. so most of, of, not that that's the only groups who's listening to the podcast, but we know that. And one thing that we've heard since we've, um, you know, launched Diversified Dietetics is that there are some situations and some cultures just at some programs that are just not that comfortable for students. Yeah. And it is to the point to where some students don't even make it through the internship. And that is, a major barrier for them, obviously, because that's the only way, one of the very few ways I should say, to, 
to finish with the pathway of becoming a registered dietitian if they choose to complete that. So what are some sort of your, your, I know I have some ideas, but I'm curious to hear from you. What are, what are some sorts of of pieces of information, verbal or nonverbal that a student should be looking out for or listening for when they, when they go to an open house to see if the internship is a good fit for them? Yeah. um, I think the number one thing I would say is trust your gut. If you, um, if you get, if you uh, feel uncomfortable in the space, that um, is, there's, there, it it might not go away, right? If you, um, uh, if you do matriculate there into the internship, right? So uh, if you leave and you just, you have a bad taste in your mouth or your, your gut feels weird, trust that, trust that instinct, right? Um, I mean, I think also, um, and I'd love to hear your opinion on um, the extent to which you think this is uh, appropriate or a safe question, but um, I think it's um, entirely within, as a program director, I would think it would be entirely within the uh, realm of what is uh, an appropriate question to field for a student to ask a program director what kind of education they provide for interns in cultural competence or cultural humility. Um, you know, how they work with their preceptors to, um, to make sure their preceptors are um, culturally competent. Um, I, those, are, um, those are professional questions, and I think those might also be a good way of kind of, um, you know, flushing out, um, flushing out things that might be an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that is really critical because, um, the way that dietetic internships are set up, students don't spend as much time with their directors as they do their preceptors. Yeah. And so I think that's completely appropriate to ask that. And the program director, you trust your gut, yes. And the program director comes back with, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it's clear yeah, like exactly. ignorance of the term or anything. Yeah. To me, that would be a red flag. So yeah, I agree with you that it's a completely appropriate question to ask. So a program director's responsibility is to make sure that the preceptors are um, ready and prepared to basically teach students, to precept them. Mm -hmm. And you spend far more time with your preceptors than you do with your program directors. Mm -hmm. So it is important. And I do think that is is something that you can ask. And if your program director or the program director at that open house or faculty or whoever is there, they don't, they don't, recognize that term or mm-hmm. or they kind of brush it off and say oh yeah we you know or you know you took cultural competency in in a course in undergrad you know your foods course and mm-hmm. that's you know we might touch on it here and you'll get it through you know the the rotation that you have at the clinic on the, with the mm-hmm. spanish-speaking people mm-hmm. that's a red exactly flag. yeah you know, that's, to me, that's a red flag and i you know it's one of those things that's it's kind of a, a balance so if you're in an area where the pervasive culture is like that at all of the the programs what do you do if you can't move or anything what what do you do i do think that it's another question to ask if they or see if you can seek out alum of that program who are people of color as well um, or who are allies that you can kind of get some feedback on because the unfortunate thing right now is that sometimes some students are in locations where it's kind of between a rock and a hard place at this point um because you get what you can have access to and if you're not able to move and you can access a certain program and and you can get through it then maybe having a mentor who can help you navigate situations would be helpful if you if you're trying to see that so I do agree with you on that I do think it's a completely appropriate question to ask and it is if you ask it professionally as you had stated it then that's fine to ask 
Yeah. And I, I think to your point about reaching out to alumni, I think that is a great resource. And that's another thing that you could ask the program director for at an open house. If they aren't, if there aren't any alumni present or any alumni um, that feel like people you um, want to actually reach out to, right? You could, you could say, you know, um, hey, I am very interested in your program. I would love to talk with an alum or two um, to see to, um, just to see about their experience, is that something you could help facilitate? Or do you have, um, you know, a list of alumni contacts that, um, that is accessible or, or, or something like that? I definitely agree with that too. That all good stuff and that's, that's those nuanced things. So let's talk a little bit more about unspoken rules mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that happen um, when you go into a, a, an open house. So the open house is that if it's not virtual, um, and yeah. it's actual in person. That's when people can see you. Yeah. And you know, that's a blessing and a curse, right? Let's be honest. Um, yeah. If somebody has a conscious or an unconscious bias yeah. and you walk into the room and you are not who they expected um, or not who they see as the um, person who is what they're used to seeing as, as students coming in who are yeah. coming into open house, then that could definitely affect uh, what you what your chances are honestly in being accepted to a program. Um, yeah. There's research out there that shows that um, sometimes faculty members and program directors are technically members of a faculty um, tend to choose students who to be admitted to their programs who they are more familiar with and more comfortable with. Mm -hmm. That is that is how unconscious bias works and mm -hmm. that's that happens with job interviews and things like that um, with those sorts of things. Another thing that also affects um, students, especially if you're the first one to go to college, First one, um, if you've recently, you and your family are um, recently moved to the United States or you're first generation American in the United States, um, or if you've not really had anybody who's worked kind of in a, uh, I call it a clinical corporate environment, right? So if mm. that, that kind of uh, environment where they understand about code switching or they understand yeah. about um, how do you navigate these spaces where as a black or brown person, um, there are some some unspoken rules, then those are things that we want to talk about here. That's yeah. that's why we created this. So I want to talk to you about that because you actually brought this up to me, Annie. Yeah. I've been paying attention to these unspoken rules around first impressions and these things that students should be aware of. So I would love to hear about some of those that could specifically be happening during open house visits. What are those unspoken rules that could be happening and how can students navigate those? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, it is, it is um, I feel like very important for me uh, to, to focus on making the implicit explicit, right? And that, that's, this is a, a part of that. Um, I think that, so the first one that comes up for me, um, we already talked about, which is doing your research ahead of time. Um, so the worst way to make an impression on a program director is um, they're in a busy um, setting, they're talking to lots of different people, and you come up and you say to them something like, tell me about your program. Um, the whole point of the open house is to tell that is to, to, to learn about the program, right? And they have probably communicated that uh, information to you or attempted to communicate that information in a program brochure in a, on a website um, and then maybe through any presentations they did, right? Or um, another example would be um, when are your application deadlines? The kind of like um, 
transactional information, um, we get tired of saying that stuff. And so it's um, you have a you have a moment, and um, that's a that is a way to make a bad impression in that moment. And I think um, you know there's a way we like to pretend that we are friendly also. And I say I feel bad saying we like to pretend we are friendly because we want to be friendly, right? But there's uh, there's definitely still I think that. Um, that unspoken rule about um, do your research and demonstrate to me that you've done your research. So that's the, the number one that comes up for me. Um, uh, but there are others. So if you're if you're in a presentation in the open house, so if part of the open house is them giving a, a presentation about the the talk, don't treat it like your organic chem class. <laughs> um, so you are the presenter at the front of the room can see every person in that audience, and they are whether they know it or not keeping a tally of who is paying attention who has taken notes through the presentation, who has slouchy posture, who's fallen asleep, who has good posture and looks engaged. So treat that, um, that pre treat whatever presentation you attend as part of that open house as a part of the interview. You are demonstrating, hey, I am here, I am ready, I'm engaged, this is where I wanna be, and this is how I will be in with my preceptors and, and with you when, um, you know when I um, uh, when I join your inter your internship. Um, another one is the the handshake, <laughs> and so um, this is uh, I, yeah. I, it it's I, for me. I had to go through a process, a, a professional process of learning a handshake, and I also think there's maybe something here that's a little bit different for women. Um, uh, but so your 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 professional handshake should be direct. You should make eye contact while you're shaking hands, have a smile on your face, and make it firm and solid. Don't linger, don't hold hands, right? But it should be a, a firm, solid handshake with good eye contact and with a smile, uh, with a smile. Um, okay, so um, then the last one I think uh, I would say, and this is not so much an unspoken rule as much as it is, um, something that can make a really positive impression when it happens and that is to remember that whoever that program director is is human the open houses that we hold are sometimes eight hour long days six hour long days and you know we've probably woken up a couple of hours beforehand to get ready to get there and then it's going to take us a couple of hours to break everything down at night so just be aware and considerate of that person as a human being um, if you see them carrying lots of things at the end of the day offer to carry something for them it's a really nice way to make a solid impression on that person, right? If you see them um, uh, breaking things down, if they're starting to wind things down, that's not the appropriate time to, um, to ask a question, right? And then um, be also aware that we can see how you, how you interact with other people, right? So, um, you know, pushing or elbowing your way forward, um, do we see that <laughs> um, as, as opposed to, you know, being respectful and um, uh, listening even when we're talking to other people, uh, that kind of thing. So just uh, just remember that we are we are also human, I guess, would be the last thing. Those are all good. Um, and I wanted to also bring up about I have a couple more questions for you, but I wanted to bring up okay. about kind of what you said at the end about um, one. They are as a director, you are watching people. I've done tons of orientations, I feel like in open houses 
over the past 10 years of teaching yeah. and, um, and you do watch people and you, you note, you just remember people and you note. and if you don't remember them, you'll ask a colleague or a colleague who might be in the room will tell you, or, you know, a student who's your current student, who's even just there to, to present with you or a preceptor, you'll ask for that. So all those sorts of things happen. Mm -hmm. Um, if you, I, I would like to, to kind of double down on what you said about if somebody is the program director is packing up that mm -hmm. maybe, um, and I know you want to ask questions live, but if you have a whole laundry list of questions that are mm -hmm. valid questions, email is a great way to go mm -hmm. um, because it will give the, the director some time to, to be answering that with a fresh, fresh mind. And that's the, that's the time to take some notes. Um, yeah. Do you think it's always important, Hannah, to, for you after, before, or after the open house to come up to the director and introduce yourself, shake hands at least and say, thank you. Um, I do think it's nice, especially to say thank you, right? I've, I think, again, I would say um, be wary of, of what's going on. If you're asking for a handshake and they are, um, they've got three things in your hands, maybe you just wave <laughs> and say, thank you so much. I appreciate the energy and the time that you, that you took to put this on. I think that's, um, yes, that can be, that can be great. Um, and, and yeah, you know, so I had um, one of my, um, one of my very best interns of all times uh, came, saw me at three events that I had, and he didn't have, by the third event, the time the third event rolled around, he didn't, he was committed to coming to Texas State, right? And he didn't have any additional questions by the time the third event rolled around, and he waited. There was a crowd of people that were asking questions, and, and he waited, uh, and I saw him waiting, right? And he wasn't pushy, he was occupying himself, but I, could see him sitting there and at the end he did exactly what you just described he came up and he said I just wanted to let you know again I, I learned a lot I'm glad I came this third time and um, I really thank you um, and uh, you know I'm glad to glad to be here again glad to see you and that he he was my top intern that cycle <laughs> right yeah we um we definitely as um directors will pay attention to how a student interacts. And I want to add one more thing, um, mm -hmm. especially for um, those coming from undergrad, you're really passionate about nutrition. It's mm -hmm. just what you want to do. And you have this, a lot of this energy. Um, open house also is not the time to start grilling the program director about anything that might be rotation related per, you know what I mean so if they yeah. let's say for instance they have a, a community garden that's a part of one of the rotations and you read in the website and that's great we want you to read that but that's not yeah. the time to start to delve into that and and have any sort of a deeper conversation and definitely do not debate about yes it is not the time for debates that is not going to go over well if yeah. you have a debate that you have with that person about anything that might happen their their application fee why do they have this minimum gpa what is yeah. the the rotation that is not that's do not debate just don't yeah. do it yeah i don't know if you've ever had that happen to you hannah where i've had people come to me all and, the all the time yeah. <laughs> and, I, and and often yeah. about things that are um that are uh you know, maybe even small things that I can't control or yes. things that aren't relevant. Yes, uh, that's a great point. Yes, that is not the good thing to do. So you want to leave with the, kind of to reiterate what you said, you want to leave with the impression that the program director will say this student coming in, you know, strong student, whatever that, you know, that's one thing, but they're going to be, make my life easy as a director, yeah. managing my group of interns and students. They're going to work well. They'll be flexible. They'll do high quality work. They will be professional in whatever environment they go into. That's what they're 
that's yeah. what those directors are looking for. We can yeah. figure out everything else about GPA and all that good stuff. We're trying to get those kind of softer things that you can't get from, from paper. Yeah. Money in person. And to that point, I think, um, in advance of the internship, uh, of, sorry, in advance of the open house, um, as much as you can to like follow the directions correctly for RSVPing and for, you know, completing any, if they have any kind of pre-survey, completing the pre-survey and then doing as much as you can to get all of the information you need about logistics, how to get there, when to arrive, et cetera, from the information they post um, so that you don't have to email them with a question like, hey, what time is the internship? Or what, sorry, what time is the open house? Um, because that is, so to your point of um, wanting, wanting this to be a student who's gonna make my life easy, right? Um, if you can find it, if you can find the information yourself on the website, um, do it. Yes. Those things will make such a big difference. Mm -hmm. Students don't realize, but they really, really do. Mm -hmm. So this is all great. Any final thoughts for students as they prepare for their open house visits? Um, yeah, you know, I think um, remembering this is your opportunity to figure out if this is the right fit for you, right? And, and I do want to just go back to that um, point about trusting your gut. Um, because the internship is a significant investment of time and money, and it, um, you know, it, it sets you on your course. Um, uh, so, you, yeah, it, this is um, the open house is your chance to get, despite everything we just said about impressions, it is your chance to get the information that you need to be able to make that decision. This has been so good, Hannah. Like I'm sitting here thinking like if I was a student back, go back, what was it? I don't even know, 15 years for me. <laughs> like to have this information are things that I've learned just through time. Yeah. But these are things that are so important. And this is what we wanted to be able to, to offer to the students. So thank you so much. I'm so glad to do it. This has been uh, really fun. It's my first podcast. This is, oh, this nice. is super fun. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about making the, uh, making the profession better. And, and again, like, um, yeah, making what's for me, what's making what's implicit explicit. So I'm more than happy to do it. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Hannah. Thank you.